4: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. So sports may be hard to come by at the moment. Nothing's permanent. I'm not saying it's permanent. But The Dan Patrick Show is impossible to miss. From our podcast to YouTube to the iHeartRadio app. Listen any way you want, anytime, anywhere. (coughs) Get away from me. Probably at your house. I'm just going to make some assumptions. Dan. Patrick and Welcome to the Dan Patrick Show. Truly amazing. Just a week away from the NFL draft. Extremely confident. Nobody brings you bigger guests or better experts. Dan Orlovsky,
3: football analyst, former NFL
5: quarterback. Think of all the quarterbacks that we've talked about in the draft in the last 15, 20 years, that when the first two or three things out of people's mouth are, he's big, he's strong. More often than not, those cats have failed. Because that stuff doesn't matter. It should be the other way, the mental. And so that's what concerns me about Justin Herbert. It's like no one's going, man, he's got great instincts. Or gosh, his accuracy is ridiculous. Or he's just got this ability to make all these different kinds of throws. Those are all the things that people talk about or like that I talk about that he struggles with.
4: Broadcasting from the Mercedes man cave and the Danatz homes, this is Dan Patrick.
3: Made it to a Friday, hour one, a Traeger meet Friday French dip today for those in the man cave. Sorry about that. Seton, Fritzy, McLovin. Got a cold day here. Some sunshine and some French dip on the Traeger. Also, Traeger Meat Friday, the uh, Meat Madness, the Hebrew National Championship. We will crown a champ by the end of the show and send out a Traeger grill. You can still vote. We've had over 2 million people vote in the uh, Meat Madness. So thank you for taking part in that. Also, check out the DP Show store. The uh, Tampa Bay T-shirt is still available at danpatrick.com. All the other great T-shirts that, uh, well, good T-shirt. Better than average T-shirts that uh, we've come up with. You can watch the program. We encourage you, if you would like, for three hours. If you don't have anything to do, just uh, pull up a chair and, and watch. You don't have to do anything else. You can tweet if you want. You can email. You can dial us up as well. You can also listen on our uh, great radio affiliates around the world, numbering 362, and the Fox Sports Radio sports lineup, youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. The big German is uh, at the wheel there uh, directing this program. Dylan, who used to deliver our breakfast, is also doing his graphics and occasionally does some cheap seats there. Oh, by the way, uh, 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 Tyler, the moderator, is here. He came in on campus today. Guest appearance? Yeah. He's also going to be taking part in the French dip. So I needed him to monitor the French dip and the chat room. So we're fully assembled, ready to go. Coming up, we'll talk to uh, the director of The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls documentary, Jason Harrow will join us. He also did the Chicago Bears, and he also did the Fab Five. He's not from Chicago, which I found interesting. But he did the Fab Five, did a great job with that, the Chicago Bears, and now the 10-part series on Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, the last season that they were together. I saw some interesting numbers on the Chicago Bulls that I didn't realize. And, of course, I was there covering them. As it turns out, thousands of others were there apparently. Hey, I was there. I covered them. You did? I didn't
6: see you. But that's actually where we first met. Is that what remember it was in the locker room? Oh, yeah. I
3: didn't yeah. know. Seaton, how yeah. old were you when the Bulls were there 1997,
6: 1998? I would have uh, just graduated uh, high school. OK, so, in 96. So, yeah, I okay. skipped college and went right to the Bulls. Paulie was working a
3: door, I think, at a bar in New York or Arizona.
5: Oh, no. When the Bulls were on their run, I graduated college uh during the part part of the run, I was a bouncer, air uh, quotes. No, no, you worked the door. I was a doorman at, checked ID. at Sedgwick's in Lincoln Park, and we could get to watch all the games. <laughs> doorman. McLevin, where were you in 1997,
3: 1998?
7: Gosh, I've forgotten. I've, I've heard so many stories about Paulie in that era that I've kind of confused them with my own life. I was at Downside Risk, <laughs> maybe LA Sports Club. Um, oh, 97, I, uh, 98. don't Ooh. remember any of that. Yeah. Todd, where
3: were you in 1997-98?
7: I was living in L.A. and working in Hollywood for uh, ESPN's Up Close show with uh, Chris Myers. All right. Uh, I,
3: I did not know this, but the Chicago Bulls were, I think, the oldest NBA championship team. You know, Jordan was 35 when the season ended. He led the team in scoring, averaging just under 29. Only one NBA champ has ever had an older leading scorer And that was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1984-85 when he was 37. This is how old the 1997-98 Bulls were. Oldest title-winning team. And one of the oldest teams in NBA history. So you had the top three players in regular season minutes, Jordan Rodman and Ron Harper, all at least 34. Only two other teams in NBA history can say that, the 98 Rockets and the 09 Suns. Their top eight players in regular season minutes were all at least 29. Only one other team in NBA history can say that. That was the 3 Knicks. When we talk about Jerry Krause, and he was the architect, the GM of the Chicago Bulls, he probably looked at this and said, you know, Scottie Pippen was injured that year, missed the thir- first 35 games. He had an injured foot. But you started to look at this team and say – are they fragile? How long can Rodman hold on? Michael with all of that playoff mileage on him. And he's going to be 35. And maybe they looked at this and said, we could roll the dice, but we're going to blow this up. That's why it's the last dance. And I wonder about that because they started off, they were 8-7. and seven. First 15 games, they went 8-7. and seven. And then people can make the case that that's the best basketball team we've ever seen. It's generational. I go back to the Celtics in the 60s, and I think they had at one point eight or nine all stars on one championship team with Bill Russell. It's generational. It's the same thing with the Bulls. I go back to Showtime with Magic Johnson, you know, Bird with the Celtics there. How great were their teams? If you had one series to win and you were going to plug in a team and you were looking at these dynasties, it's difficult. Because I can look at Shaq and Kobe, and when they did it right, they were spectacular. But I also look at when Magic had Kareem and James Worthy and Michael Cooper and Byron Scott, Whew. and you had a good bench as well. I got a great coach, Pat Riley. I look at that Celtics team that had Hall of Famers at every position. Sixth man of the year was a Hall of Famer and Bill Walton. You know, Dennis Johnson, Hall of Famer, Bird, McHale Parrish, Hall of Famer, Danny Ainge, very good. You know, there are a lot of great teams, but you could have depth back then. It's hard now because you may have two superstars. That's all you can afford. Maybe you get three really good players. But when you start to say, well, that's the greatest team of all time. I can say that Showtime is the most entertaining team I've ever seen. That was something we had not seen in the NBA. They sort of changed the game where you were up-tempo and you you were having fun with that, like actually smiling playing basketball. And then even the Celtics back then ran. You know, Bird, McHale, they ran. And you wouldn't think that those guys would be out on the break, but they did. You look back on those videos. You know, Jordan's team, oh, how would they compare with the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry? Well, they didn't have three point shooters back then, but you weren't required to have three point shooters. I'm going to guess Michael would have changed his game to shoot more threes. We saw what he did against the Portland Trailblazers when they, you know, beat them in the NBA Finals. You had Craig Hodges, you had John Paxson, you had Steve Kerr. They would have added to Ron Harper. Probably would have, you know, been a better three point shooter. Uh, Tony Kukoc. Like you, you would have evolved because you have to evolve. I saw where Shaq was saying, you know, that his Laker team with Kobe, they would have crushed the Bulls because Shaq would have dominated Bill Wennington, Bill Cartwright and Luke Longley, which is true. But that's you know, the game has changed since then, because how would you do against Golden State? I'm sure you would dominate JaVale McGee, but. You know, you got all of the – Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson, those guys, and Andre Gudala, who was the MVP of the final like, – that's where you get into these arguments that I don't think you could ever win. And, and you, you don't lose, but you can't win. It's fun. It's fun to, to discuss that. But, you know, it's generational, and it feels like we have one of those teams every 10 years where you go, boy, that's, that team could stack up against anybody. And I wondered about this, and I know it sounded crazy when I said it yesterday. Would Michael Jordan be as good as Steph Curry in today's NBA? Now, I'm looking at his style versus Steph's. We know Michael's a better player, but I'm talking about the impact on the game because I think Steph Curry will be remembered as having a bigger impact on the game than Jordan. Because if I look at Jordan, we look at Jordan and and he's become Babe Ruth. You know, there's a mythological feel to Mike now. Because this documentary is going to bring it all back to you. If you didn't see it, now you're going to understand who Mike was, how he played, how he treated opponents, how he treated treated, uh, teammates as well. But you start to look at Steph Curry's impact on the game. And not everybody can dunk but there are a lot of people who can shoot threes or think they can shoot threes. You can't go, I think I can dunk. You do, you do say to yourself, I think I can shoot threes. I mean, Trey Young is successful because of Steph Curry. S- Steph Curry opened it, it, the eyes of a lot of players to say, you can be like this and be great. You don't have to be like Mike because nobody can be like Mike. But you can be like Steph Curry just from the point of you can shoot these shots. You, can, of course, got to make them. But, I, I, you know, I was wondering about that yesterday. I can't undersell the impact of Steph Curry on the game of basketball. The three used to be, what are you doing? And I can't oversell Steph Curry. Like, you're shooting three. You can't shoot that far out. That's because of Steph Curry. Now, not everybody should be. Steph Curry changed the game. Right? If I go back seven years ago, eight years ago, nobody was doing that. It was crazy what he was doing. Steve Kerr, who played with Jordan, was, would, he was like, what, what are you doing running around like that and then taking those shots? And then he realized he's got the greatest shooter in the history of the game there. Now, would Michael have evolved to shoot threes? Yes, he would. So would Larry Bird. So would Magic you would be doing, imagine Bird taking 10 threes a game, right? He never made more than three in a game in his career, I don't think. You know, if I said Bird shooting 10, if Magic all of a sudden, you know, has hit at his height, he could take you inside, but he could also, you got to guard him at the three-point line as well. And he developed a legitimate set shot there from three-point range. You know, would Isaiah Thomas be more of a three point shooter? Like, you just, the game has evolved. It's not just, I, am. it was physical. Hey, I can dunk. To now, there's no real center. And you got five guys on the perimeter. Used to be an inside outside game at pick and roll. It's changed. And a lot of that is because of Steph Curry. He's not a better basketball player than Michael Jordan, but he might have a bigger impact because of today's. Youth that you know, kids now go watch a game, go watch a fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade game. They think they're Steph Curry, and they're going to think they're Steph Curry while he's still playing. But I, I can't underestimate or overestimate his impact on the game. And I know I said this yesterday, and people uh, question that LeBron to me is a better basketball player than Michael Jordan, not a better player, better all around basketball player with what he does. You know, it, certainly a better teammate, better passer, better rebounder. And he could be he could be a center and he could be a point guard. Uh, Michael, obviously, had the killer instinct. And I wonder what Michael would be like now. Like, I'm I'm worried about this when this documentary comes out. How we view Jordan, because Jordan could do it back then, but he couldn't be Jordan like this now. Because social media would probably be pretty rough on him. And the reporters, too. TMZ, guys, you know, wanting to get a scoop here. You got NBA insiders, you know. You'd you'd have Woj, and you'd have Brian Windhorst, who would be, their job would be to follow Jordan. Rachel Nichols would be interviewing. He got to be able to hide a little bit. LeBron can't hide. LeBron, he's there. And... I think if, if I switch these and LeBron played back when Mike did and Jordan played now, LeBron would be the greatest basketball player of all time because there was nobody like him. And really, there still hasn't been anybody like him. But I do, I, I'm curious how people react to this documentary with Jordan where they go, that guy was a jerk. And, you know, Jordan was on Good Morning America, I was kind of surprised that he went on. It feels like he's trying to soften his image a little bit before this comes out. And it's okay to be who you were. That's who Kobe was. You know, Bird didn't like you. He was rough on his teammates. That's just who you were and how you played back then. You don't have to apologize. We didn't get to see this. Even the Steve Kerr where he punches his teammate uh, story. That, you know, came out and people were like, wait, what What happened? Like, so you you have these situations here where these things happened. And it was almost like folklore. Like, hey, did you hear the story about Mike and Scotty? And you go, what? Like, it was just word of mouth. And that's what I... I, I'm curious how the PC police are going to react to Michael Jordan. Oh, that language. All I know is he got his players to play. All I know is when he went to a finals, he won. All I know is when you needed something big, he came up big. I can't argue with any of that. You start to judge players by personality, then it gets dangerous. Because... If I said, hey, you know what LeBron did? He punched one of his teammates during practice. Hey, you know what LeBron did? He went to Atlantic City. He was gambling for a playoff game. Like, if I told you, look at what LeBron is doing, you, you would kill him on social media. With Michael, somehow we go... It's like when we um, we look at mobsters. When you watch a documentary on mobsters, it's amazing how we go, God, I hope they get away with this. Man, I, I, I know he's a bad guy. Like, like suddenly I care about Bugsy Siegel here. But with Michael, I think we've sort of said we love the end product here. We love what that is. And it's the last dynasty where we actually were rooting for them. Everybody was. Unless they were facing your team. And even then, I remember being in Atlanta, going to a game, the Hawks against the Bulls, and 90% of that crowd was there to see the Chicago Bulls against their team, it felt like. Golden State, we got tired of that dynasty. It's because of social media. If the Bulls played now, be like, oh, Rodman up to his antics again. Oh, Pippen, he doesn't want to go in the game. Michael uh, gambling, whatever else he's doing off the, like. we would have chewed that up and spit it out. Like, we, how long did it take before we got tired of Golden State? Three, three years? When Durant got there, we're like, mm, we're done with this. You know, the Patriots, a dynasty of sorts. People got tired of that quickly. They did not be loved, admired, not beloved. The Bulls are beloved. They're like a boy band. But there's a lot of pressure <laughs> on this director to make this pay off. It's, it's, it's 10 hours of this. And I want to know, and maybe maybe the director will tell me, did they, have, did they have to convince Jordan to do this? Because I'm wondering if he was first or last. And, and knowing Mike, he's a control freak, I'm sure he had his hands all over this and saying, hey, I'll do this, but this is how I want it done. All right, McLovin, you got a poll question this program brought to you by LegalZoom. They have made it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home taking care of your family today with the right estate plan at legalzoom.com.
7: I have one, but you're not going to like it. Okay. Well then. What was the best? Why don't wait, we wait? What was the best team? Wait, let's wait then. If I'm not going to like it. Well, you said specifically don't bring this debate up, but I have to. I really I want to put it out there. And I'll save it. Okay. But everybody in sports bars argues this very topic about NBA teams. Okay. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. From 1980 to 2000, who is the best team? Is somebody backing
3: up over you with what this question is going to be? I hear a truck backing up.
7: Yeah, I have a new mic and I noticed it's okay. picking up the sound in Brooklyn. This right. seems like it could be a problem. Okay. I'm going to blame the IT okay. guy or Mario. All right, here we go. Uh, so, who is the better team, Lakers, Celtics, or Bulls?
3: I don't, I don't know if you can, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I, 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 I mean, the Pistons were a wonderful team. Nobody liked them, but boy, they were a great team. You know, this Golden State team with Durant, Curry, and Clay Thompson. So I have three of the, I have, you know, the greatest shooter of all time. Clay Thompson's in the conversation of top 10 of all time. And Durant is in the top five of one of the greatest scorers of all time. I got firepower there, so do I put them in there as well? I got a stat for you. You know, I'll take a break. It has to do with the Bulls in 1997-98 and Steph Curry. I think it will surprise you a little bit. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll come back. Phone calls are welcome. Also, um, these high school players who are now going to Australia, now you got the number one player in high school, a kid out of Fresno. And he's going to the G League. I didn't even know this program existed. But is this the new norm of what you're going to have with some of these kids? R.J. Hampton went over to Australia. LaMelo Ball went over there. Those guys are all, you know, LaMelo might be the number one pick overall. Jalen Green out of Fresno, the number one player going into college, but he's not going to college. We'll talk about that. Pat Forty will join us coming up to talk about this. And also... Are we going to expand from four playoff teams to maybe 16 in college football? So a lot to get to. Phone calls are welcome here. Just getting wound up. It's 20 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Wood fired grill. Traeger. The Swiss Army knife of grills because I I have six in one uh, versatility. You know, you can roast and braise, bake. You can do all these different things. Uh, The best thing about cooking on a Traeger is it's easy. If you want to do meat, uh, we got the French dip today, Uh, veggies, desserts, breads, even cocktails. Chad from Traeger cooked me a cocktail at the Christmas party. I went, you cooked that on the Traeger? He said, yep, can do everything. Uh, The recipe of the week, barbecue chicken wings three ways, and uh, you're going to love them. But there's so many recipes. You can download all these recipes. From April 17th until April 26th, when you buy select Traeger Grills, they'll throw in a grill cover and two bags of pellets, and we'll do that for free. That's a value of $117. It's more than just amazing on that deal. It's their way of saying welcome to the Traeger hood. Head to TraegerGrills.com slash DP show. TraegerGrills.com slash DP show. Or a participating dealer to get yours today. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you?
8: You might
3: see or hear something that will change your opinion of Michael Jordan watching this last dance. Maybe it will enhance his image even more and say, oh, how can you compare LeBron to Michael Jordan? It's hard to compare the two, but I do think that we hold LeBron accountable for all the losses in the finals. When, if you look at the teams he played for to get to the finals, it was rare when he had somebody like Scottie Pippen. And when he did, He was with the Miami Heat, and they won a couple of titles there. But what he did when he first got there at age 22, the team he took to the finals to face the Spurs, which had how many Hall of Famers on it? And he lost. I think the fact that you go to nine NBA finals, that should be a credit. I go back to the Buffalo Bills. We always thought it was a negative. They lost four consecutive Super Bowls. They went to four consecutive Super Bowls. We never celebrate that at all. It's a bottom line, you lost, therefore you're the worst team in the NFL somehow. LeBron got those teams to the finals. Now I can say that when Michael hit that shot against Cleveland, he had a lineup that had no business beating the Cavaliers because the Cavaliers had Mark Price, Brad Doherty, Larry Nance. They had a really good team. And Mike hit that shot. Even the, even the writers for the Chicago Bulls, they, they didn't pick the Bulls to beat the Cavaliers. And normally you get the hometown discount, home cal, you know, home court advantage with your writers. That's why Michael was shaking his fist when he hits the shot over Elo. He's shaking his fist at those writers to say, bleep you. That's when it started. That's when the I'm going to win and I'm going to be the greatest player of all time started. I mentioned I had a stat for you. In that final year together, the Bulls in 1997-1998 made 311 three-pointers. Steph Curry individually has made at least that many in three different seasons. The game has changed. <laughs> uh, let that sink in again. 1997-98, they made 311 three-pointers. Steph Curry has made at least that many in three different seasons.
4: Yes! Start of the day! Start of the day! Start of the day! Start of the day!
3: Jeff in North Carolina. Hi, Jeff. Then we'll get to uh, Pat Forty about uh, these high school players playing in the G League, playing overseas, and what about a college playoff expanding to maybe 16 teams? Hi, Jeff.
4: Dan, good morning. Good morning.
9: I just – it seems to be a national narrative now that everybody keeps saying LeBron's a better basketball player, but I just don't see it. I mean, Michael, so much better defender, so much better shooter, so much better score. LeBron's a better rebounder. I mean, how was he a better player? Game is so much open now. The stats are all just tripled what they used to be in the '90s. I mean, I, I just don't see this narrative as a better basketball player. He's not. I just things th- comparison.
3: I think LeBron, uh, at that size, that versatility. I, I, now, look, this is just my opinion, and and look, I watched them all. As I told you on the show, the only person I didn't see in person was Bill Russell play. So I saw them all. I just look at LeBron's versatility. We we don't, we take it for granted what LeBron does. There's no one like him. Now, we've had guys who are similar in athleticism to Michael. Similar. Okay? There's no one like LeBron. There, there, There just isn't. I just think that the national narrative, if you want to, you know, define it that way, is we look for reasons to not like LeBron. You know, if I take Magic and I take, you know, Michael, I get LeBron. You know, that's the talent that you have there. And I know, you know, we grew up with Jordan, and Jordan's ours, and, you know, nobody will ever be better than him. I, I, I understand that. You know, we're territorial, you know, maybe somebody 15 years from now will say Steph Curry had a bigger impact on the game than Michael Jordan did. And then we start an argument. LeBron's not done yet. If he wins a title with the Lakers or two more titles, then what are you going to say? What if he ends up as the all-time leading scorer, all-time leader in assist or top five in assist, you know, top five in steals, you know, then, then what's the argument there? What if he goes to 11 NBA finals, let's say. So, we, we want to make sure that we we're protective of our Jordan era. you know oh, don't take anything away from that. Okay, That's fine. He's, a, he's a, you know, the greatest player of all time, and I said this yesterday. If I have one game to win, Mike is the guy that I want on my team. I just think LeBron and what he's done, how he's done it, and done it in the day of you know the era of social media, is underrated. Yeah, I said it. LeBron James is underrated. Pat Forty. Well, oh, I almost said overrated, but I I can't do that to Pat. He's he's too nice. Properly rated, whatever that is. Pat Forty is properly rated. Joints on loan. Uh, do you get into these conversations about best of all time and best team and dynasty and LeBron and Michael?
9: Uh, personally, I think the the proper. Tag for me is criminally underrated, but you know I'll, I'll stick with I'll stick with properly rated. That's fine. Um. Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. And there is absolutely a generational divide, and there is kind of a weird grudging thing with LeBron that I don't get. Uh. You know whether it's just that LeBron's heyday is coincided with the what I guess you could call hater culture. You know where where everybody can be knocked down, but I to me. If, and if this is just my opinion, now it's the, the correct opinion, of course, but it's just my opinion that that you know Jordan's just the greatest winner ever, and if you and if there's going to be a separator, it's going to be that. And until if LeBron gets to six world titles, then then we can have that discussion. But I think Jordan was a superior winner.
3: So oh, on. yeah, and and he has, he has a different gene, but that gene's going to come out in this documentary, and people are going to be a little bit uncomfortable with what they see with Michael Jordan's personality. Back then, we knew it, we saw it, we accepted it. That's just who he was. But if Mike did what he did, you know, back then did it now, social media would, would yeah. eat him alive.
9: No doubt, no doubt. Punching teammates and some of the other stuff, yeah. Uh, sure, that he was he was excessive, uh, and he it was, it was much more tolerant uh, back then than it would be today, for sure.
3: Oh, man. All right, so I wanted to have you on for a couple of reasons here. You, you saw where Jalen Green, who's the top high school kid out of Fresno, he decided to go to the G League, and they, they sort of set up this separate – G League account or whatever it is. It's like, come on in and you're going to get a half a million dollars and we'll get you a shoe deal and you sort of hang out here for a little while and develop and then you'll go into the draft next year. What exactly is this program? It's like the commissioner's exempt list when he was, you know, the NFL commissioner where I didn't even know he had an exempt list. I didn't know the G League had this.
9: Yeah, this is a very interesting development and it seems to me, underscores what appears to be a bit of disdain from the NBA side and now Silverside side towards college basketball. It's like whether it's the the system is, is too corrupt or it's just not producing players that are ready enough or whatever. I think he's gone from, yes, I'll work with the college game and, you know, we'll eventually get rid of the age minimum and – you know, take away some of the ambiguity of these guys that are going to school for one year and just let them go straight in. Now it's like, ah, we're just going to go raid the high school guys, and we don't care whether they come to you or, or not. And so it, to me, it's, it's, that's a very interesting development. Uh, if they've got that kind of money to throw around, kids are going to be very interested in taking it. Now, it may not be for many of them, but still, uh, if you're siphoning off those kind of kids, it definitely would have an impact on the college game. And I mean, I wrote about this, that most college kids that are guys that are playing college basketball don't want to be there, especially mm-hmm. the good ones. You know, they absolutely do not grow up dreaming of playing for North Carolina or Duke or Kentucky or Kansas or UCLA or anyone else. They don't want to be there.
3: Well, Zion is the last, he's the last dinosaur. He's the anomaly here, but I, I'm wondering, and I'm talking about the superstar, but, why wouldn't Adidas or Nike just say, "We're setting up our own little workshop here. We're going to pay you. We're going to pay you whatever. We have an academy. You come in, and uh, we'll give you life skills. We'll teach you how to balance a checkbook. We'll teach you about real estate. We'll have simulated games. We'll have uh, you know Nike uh, former NBA players on staff who'll come in and work you out and give you tips, advisors to help you go into the NBA." Why not just do that? Get them under contract with a shoe deal and send them into the draft. To me, it feels like you would be investing in your future if you're Nike or Adidas. And then these kids who don't want to go to school actually learn what they need to learn going into the NBA.
9: Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense on the face of it. You know, is that thing is you, you, you prepare them in the ways that they need to be prepared as far as taking care of money and some life skills and that sort of thing. Uh, and then, yeah, you get them under your wing. And that's, I mean, so many of these players already are, yes. you know, considered in silos. Nike, theres that's a Nike kid. That's an Under Armour kid. That's yeah. an Adidas kid. Uh, so, yeah, why not extend it and further cut out the the college middleman, so to speak. Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if those ideas are percolating in places even beyond the high reaches of the Dan Patrick show.
3: Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated College sports senior writer had Chris Fowler on the show earlier in the week. And we talked about if there's going to be lost revenue with college football and the trickle down with other sports here, I'm wondering, can you rip up that contract that ESPN has with college football with the final four? And then we extrapolate this and make it the sweet 16, you know, all options on the table, but can we get, do you think that we can get to that point this year?
9: Well, college football has been the hardest entity to get to change anything over the (laughs) centuries. Uh, But (laughs) all contracts are made to be broken, and there has never been a time that really looks as economically challenging as this one. So, yeah, it would not absolutely shock me. You know, they could even bill it as a one-time thing to see how it goes, and then, you know, if it's not good, we can go back the other way. But, uh, you know, the, the football cash cow is so vital. And if it's going to be compromised, and I think we've already started to see some of the repercussions of it, of sports being cut and pay cuts all over the place and staff being reduced and furloughs, all those sort of things. If there is an easy fix, a relatively easy fix, 16 playoff, 18 playoff, 12 team playoff, 16 team playoff, one time only, let's see how it goes. Yeah, I think it could happen. Given the, the hunger in sports media and in college athletics for revenue, and what's not coming in now, and it may not come in for several more months, would not shock me.
3: Uh, and I just thought of this: uh, JT Daniels, the uh, big-time recruit at USC, just entered the transfer pol- portal. He was, uh, you know, heralded as a you know next great quarterback at USC. And I and I I started to think about this: Did Ed Orgeron recruit JT Daniels at USC, and therefore Joe Burrow is gone? Hey, come on down here to Baton Rouge. I'm just thinking out loud here.
9: Yeah, I'm not sure. Ed. Maybe maybe some early stages recruiting, you know. But JT JT left high school actually a year early. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, you know, so he was yeah. he was a young freshman. I think he was the starter, but sure. I mean, a guy like that. Look, people really liked his talent. Um, you know, he he was thrown into the fire as a young freshman. Uh, by the end of the year he was playing pretty well Uh, the game against Notre Dame I remember that he was good and then uh, you know he gets hurt the next year and then Keaton Slovis comes in and is really good and and definitely the favorite of the offensive coordinator Graham Harrell so yeah this is a high quality uh, quarterback suddenly on the market now he's going to have to sit almost assuredly but Uh, I would think he would be super attractive to LSU and anybody else that needs a quarterback.
3: Yeah, I know they got Miles Brennan, but if if Ed O recruited him when he was at USC, and, um, I don't know, just a thought. Just a thought, Pat. That's all I do. I just think. (laughs) You
9: know what? We need your thoughts.
3: Not all of us. We
9: have nothing to do but think. Yeah, I know. Nothing else to do.
3: Hey, it's great to talk to you as always. Uh, Hope the family's safe, and uh, we'll uh, keep reading.
9: You too. Thanks, Dan.
3: Appreciate it. Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated College sports senior writer. Take a break. We'll have our play of the day coming up next here on The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
8: this is the play of the day check
7: this out
4: here's the pitch to schmidt drilled toward left field it's in the alley and it
3: is gone that's a home run for Schmidt. he has hit four straight he drilled it it was not his hardest hit of the day but he's got his fourth consecutive home run on this date 1976 at wrigley final score 18 to 16 cubs against the phillies Mike Schmidt became uh, the 10th player ever to hit four homers in a game. Today, 18 players have done it. little Hall and Oates there. Philadelphia's own. That's courtesy of the Phillies radio network. I don't know if Mike Schmidt is the only guy who's ever homered off two brothers in the same game. I think he hit a home run off Rick Russell. Maybe two off Rick Russell. And then Rick's brother, Paul, came in. And I think he hit his final home run off Paul Russell. Play of the day. Play of the day brought to you by LegalZoom. LegalZoom's made it easy to set up the right estate
5: plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today with the right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Yeah, Paulie? Yeah, growing up a Cubs fan, I'm not sure why we're playing this because it seemed to me that Mike Schmidt hit three home runs every time he came to the field. And I think he hit his career average is probably like 740 or something against the
3: Cubs. Yeah, I don't know why the Cubs didn't try to trade for Mike Schmidt. Yes, McLevin.
7: I would rush home for day games just to see Schmidt play there. Well, I think the wind was blowing out
3: that day, hence the 18 to 16 score. But Schmitty following up with the same game plan blueprint as Hank Aaron used his wrist. And if you watched him, Schmitty, it wasn't like using lower body as much or bad speed. It was just the flick of the wrist. And Hank Aaron did that, of course, and to me, the greatest home run hitter of all time. Yes, Todd.
7: I'm not one to talk about the russell brothers those were some big boys if i recall correctly. they were my baseball cards
3: yes you could have been the third russell brother i think <laughs> <Say> we, why What <laughs> rick and Paul, yes you did mclevin how are we on the poll
7: question so we, i did put up bulls lakers celtics uh bulls uh, are the best team from 1980 to 2000 recency bias but this sparked another debate amongst the danettes okay so I'm not going to say which Danette. It wasn't Paulie said that all Chicago has is documentaries about titles and deep dish pizza, uh, which led us to a discussion. Wait, wait, about
3: wait, wait. That's you who said that.
7: Yes, that is me who said okay. that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. So which, uh, which of our cities, the five of us, has the best signature food? Now, Philadelphia obviously has cheesesteaks, which you had yesterday, uh, which sounded delicious. Yeah, they were good. I think I have the best signature food. Is there anyone in the room that has a better one?
3: Right, I'm not a deep-dish pizza guy. I like thin crust. Brooklyn pizza is better than Chicago. Thank you. I'm from Cincinnati. I get Skyline and Gold Star Chili, which... Overrated. Yeah. <laughs> What's Jersey
6: have? Pork roll. <laughs>
4: pork roll?
6: Is we it a pork, pork, pork roll? Pork off. Pork roll, by the way, is, is probably one of the finest things ever created that nobody knows about. Um, but it is just what, what are the ingredients of a pork roll aside from the pork and the roll? I think it's like pork <laughs> that... byproducts. It's like it's to sort, of, sort of like a scrapple kind of thing. But man, you get a pork roll, <laughs> egg and cheese, a little salt, pepper, ketchup on there. Oh, man, is that living? Where did White Castle originate? Be- uh, uh, Ohio. Is it? OK.
3: I mean, I it's I, Ohio. It was one of the food staples that I had growing up, uh, usually after 11 o'clock at night. White Castle, that rivals uh, Gold Star and
6: Skyline Chili, in my opinion. Just my opinion. Well, you know what? Wichita, actually. Wichita? Yeah, that's well, but they're headquartered in Columbus,
5: Ohio now. All right. Well, we'll take credit for that, state of Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pulling. As a Chicago guy, I don't think I want pizza as my signature for the city. I like Chicago deep dish pizza, but I think even New Haven might be better And there's some good Chicago deep dishes. Wait, you think New Haven might be better? Yeah, I think it is. New New Haven, Haven, Connecticut. New Haven is the greatest pizza spot in the world. I I agree. I like some Chicago deep dish pizzas, but some of them are too big. I would say Italian beef sandwiches for Chicago would be, if you're a local, if you're a true Chicagoan. Oh, boy. Chicago-style hot dogs are great. Uh, Deep dish pizza is great. But I think the Italian beef sandwiches with the sport peppers and the different types of peppers and dipped Oh yeah, in that au you yeah. I think that's in the stance with your elbows out. I'll I think that's that. what people with in Chicago would go with.
6: Yes, Eaton. That is probably the best thing I've ever had on the Traeger for a Meat Friday. Was just I want to say it was just in the last couple of months we made Italian beef sandwiches. Mm. Oh my God, I think about them almost every day about how great it was.
5: <laughs> I did
4: too.
6: You don't think of your family every day, but you know the- <laughs> if they came in with Italian beef sandwiches, I would be like, Oh, you Hey, you guys are here. Great. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm happy to see you, honey.
3: Uh, a couple of things. The Cleveland Browns continued to deny that there's anything to the Odell Beckham Jr. Trade report. Now it wasn't a report, you know, in fairness to uh, the radio host, at WFAN. It was, I'm hearing, it wasn't a report. I'm It was, you know, the dangerous I'm hearing. And then people took off with it. They took off with it for a couple of reasons because it's Odell Beckham Jr. And these have been slow news days. Now, could it still happen? Yes. But as I told you, um, you know, the person I reached out to, my source said, why would Mike Zimmer bring in another headache after just getting rid of another headache and Stefan Diggs? You forget Odell Beckham is only 27. And when I asked Boomer Assyerson, former NFL quarterback, of course, NFL analyst, I said, When did it start to change for Odell Beckham? And he said, When he did that interview, uh, who was he? Uh, who was the rapper who interviewed him? Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne, is that right? And, and Lil Wayne asked him about Eli, and he couldn't say anything nice about Eli Manning. And then it felt like he sort of talked his way. Out of, out of New York. And then you go to the Cleveland Browns. And now look, there's no secret of the fact that he didn't want to go to Cleveland. He waited forever to go to Cleveland. Like physically go to Cleveland. And when he got there, all he kept talking about was how angry he was or he's going to get back at the Giants. He still hasn't left the Giants, I think. But if you get him to understand collectively, you guys could do something special this year. And it'd actually be better for Baker if he didn't have Odell, in my opinion. There, if you got a younger receiver in the draft, and because you you want to focus on Odell because he's so talented, but I think it disrupts the flow of the offense there. But from what I'm told, that uh, the Vikings were probably looking to draft a wide receiver, not bring in Odell Beckham Jr. the third. We'll talk to the director of the Chicago Bulls Last Dance documentary. He'll join us. PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan will join us. Golf's pushing its way back. Maybe golf in June. Hour two coming up.
7: Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay,
8: round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh?
8: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.